I can sleep at night with that. And some people might say, oh, girl, that's way too low. You got to go higher than that. But at the end of the day, I'm busy. And lots of people are hiring me for that. And if I'm making one, you know, every two days or something, then I feel like that's that's fair. That's the voice of Joni Sprigg, owner of the Little Bit Workshop. And I'm excited to talk with her right after this word from our sponsor. This show is brought to you by our sponsor, Jobber. Jobber brings people and technology together by keeping jobs on track, customers happy, and your business organized. Jobber also just recently launched a new grant program, Boost by Jobber, a program providing $100,000 to 20 small local home service businesses across the U.S. and Canada. So whether you're just starting your business or you're a well-established business, you're invited to apply for a grant. Just visit BoostByJobber.com. That's BoostByJobber.com. Hello and welcome to Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson, the show that talks about the business behind the furniture business. Today's show is a little different than our usual program. On this show, I strive to bring you a slice of, like the show name suggests, a slice of how people build their furniture brand. Usually those brands are large or well-established with big names and long profit sheets. Those are the easy targets to showcase people who have made it and have taken this journey and have the lessons to teach from. But having a furniture company isn't always judged on making a six-figure sale or having a shop with many employees. There are a lot of people who have furniture companies that are just finding their feet. They're going through the growing pains and figuring out how to run their own business. Those companies and their owners are still furniture companies. They are still waking up every day and making money building furniture, pushing to get bigger, pushing for more recognition, pushing to expand. That's why I want to sit down with Joni and have an honest conversation about what it's like to have a furniture company that is a work in progress. Don't get me wrong, her company is as much a business as anyone else's that I've had on this show. She makes money building furniture, which is the definition of having a furniture company. But she's in a different place, a growing place, and a learning place. And I think it's just as important to showcase a conversation like this as it is to highlight the other types of business conversations that I've had on this show. Joni has had an impressive story in many different areas, but her TV career stands out the brightest. And her TV life has been in two very different worlds, which is very amazing. One as a runner-up on Cycle 6 of America's Next Top Model, and number two in a completely separate world as a host and builder on very popular DIY and home renovation shows. She has also had a prominent modeling career, which I don't have to tell you is a rather different thing entirely from building furniture. But she made that jump. Her company, The Little Bit Workshop, is busy building furniture that, in her own words, isn't necessarily high-end, but is still furniture that people need. We talk about why she made a career change into furniture, struggles with how women are not taken seriously in the building industry, finding one's worth as a maker, and how furniture companies can look different but still be furniture companies. It's been a long and interesting journey for Joni, so let's start at the beginning. So... I've worked in every sort of facet of the sales job world you can possibly imagine. 
Um, I've, after college, I, I mean, I worked in every kind of like marketing, real estate, insurance, um, you know, even worked in beauty, the beauty department or world. And I just thought, I hate this so much. <laughs> I hate this so much. And I just want to be, I want to do something rewarding. I remember having so much fun, even working at, in landscaping. I had so much fun just working a, a, a job where I was doing something and something tangible happened at the end of the day and I could look at it and be proud and come home and feel like I've accomplished something and I never got that feeling with anything else and then I had um, a chance to start working with a, con a construction company and I learned so much about you know just building and then that kind of just sparked this in me uh, and then when I found out I could build things by myself <laughs> in my own space I was like, yes, because I, I guess deep down inside, I'm sort of an introvert. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, I don't want to work behind a desk. You hit on two of the main reasons that people start building furniture. Number one, because they want something tangible. They like that they, they start at the beginning of the day and they end at the end of the day and they have something to show for themselves. And the other thing is they, they don't want to work behind a desk. They might want to build desks, but they, they don't want to work <laughs> behind them. Right, exactly. You're one of those people who have so many things going on in their career, in their past, in their future, that this episode could go in so many different directions. But sure. we're gonna we're gonna stay with the name of the show and, and yes. talk about your furniture company. Yes. And you you obviously have had success in the past on TV for mm -hmm different things one for modeling and two for for building things sure. but it doesn't automatically set you up with a hundred uh, a waiting list of a hundred jobs so how when you decided right. that you wanted to go out on your own and start building things how did you mm -hmm. start that company so it kind of started with a cnc machine which i got before anything else i was working with this guy and i thought this thing is amazing. I'm like, oh my God, I must buy this. I need this. I don't care. I just want this right now. I, I thought about all the little things, you know, that I could make with it. And from those little things grew larger things like, well, if you see and see my grandpa's name, can you just put it like, could you make a, a bench? Could you, um, you know, maybe do, if you did this symbol that I really like, could you put it on like a, maybe a, a tray that I could eat off of in bed. Like just, it turned into things. The CNC machine kind of started it all for me. I just got like signs and cutting boards and fun little things, you know, but from that, it kind of said, well, can you do this? Can you do that? Well, if you can make that, can you make this? And that's just like the progression. It just started snowballing. And then people started asking me to make different and new things all the time. And that's literally what I do now. I just, <laughs> someone says, what about this? I think I say, sure. Or no, that's a little beyond me. So um, yeah, I guess that's kind of where it started. When you think back and you, and you talk about the things that you've done, it always seems a little, you, you're like, wait, yeah, I'm talking about my life. That's, that's what, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. I'm talking about myself as myself. So. As myself. Yeah. It's strange. But then um, people started having babies too. Like a lot of my friends, and I thought, you know what? I could totally make you a crib or I can make you a something for the, a toy. 
people said, really? I said, sure. And then that kind of took off in a different direction. So now I make like Montessori toys, like climbing toys and um, beds and desks and things for children. Uh, but I've never really gotten into like the fine woodworking, like the joinery and things like that, the fancy chairs, like, like I would love to be able to do that one day. But currently it's more or less like things that, you know, they're handmade, but they're something that you could also buy in a store. Yeah. Well, custom furniture, which you make, it, there's, there's different avenues. There's custom furniture, which is the super high-end, fine furniture. And then sure. there's also, there's a, an even bigger market for furniture that people just need to have built. And it might not be that super high-end piece but it's what they need and, and you're building things that people need and and have a furniture company where you make money building furniture so that's just as much of a furniture company as as anyone else there's definitely a time when i sit down in the daytime and i'm like man i'm just not as good as this person i'm not as you know i'm am i ever gonna make it to you know a pretzler level or you know a, a bourbon moth level or an ethan abramson level in my artistry hopefully i can one day but in the meantime i'm stinking busy and i'm you know cranking them out and i'm proud of myself so i guess that's all you can really ask for well you're you're living the dream just as much as anyone else is who's building furniture you are making money from your furniture which is great uh talking about making money from your furniture let's go into the the business side of it and let's talk numbers when you're getting a job the the biggest problem that people have is figuring out how to do pricing do you have any ideas that you could share with people to that you use for pricing that you think that uh, they should know? Oh my gosh, this is one of the hardest things ever. And I think we all struggle with this is, okay, so a little backstory. I'm from the old school East Coast, like do favors for people, go to yard sales and you're like in a bidding war, is it a quarter, is it 50 cents? And you know, you're kind of like, everything's cheap and you're used to that. Like, you know, um, I, I grew up in a really poor family and I just, we've never, that we're just gonna buy a $1,600 table. Like that was never a thing. So when I'm working for people, I'm still in my mind sort of stuck in like 1990 to where I'm like, yeah, of course it's $300. And then all my friend go, what? No girl, that that's like a thousand dollars what you're doing. I'm like, really? Well, it seems like 300 bucks. They're like, think about it, man. You gotta think about, you know, the time, all this and that. And I, and I start thinking, yeah, you're right. So one of the best advice I ever got and what I use, like I always add in a shop fee. Even if it's, you know, a small job, it doesn't matter if it's a big job or a small job, it, there's a shop fee. And that's just towards the cost of something. Also, I take a deposit. Um, whatever I've kind of bid them at, I always say I'm going to need, I do I split it in threes. So I do like three, three, three. If I'm, you know, sometimes I do half, but just depends again on how big the project is. That way I'm kind of protecting myself because I've definitely done work for people and they've said, Oh, that's too much. Or I don't like it. I don't want it. I've literally had a lady, I was almost done. And she goes, I don't want it. And she hadn't paid me a dime. And I thought, well, I really screwed the pooch on this. So I had to eat it. So you have to like, you know, definitely do a shop fee and protect yourself and get a deposit. 
But as far as, you know, based on your materials, now that everything is so expensive, I mean, I just feel terrible. Now I'm giving someone a price and I'm like, yeah, guess what? It's 40% more than it used to be, you know? So um, I guess I just, I don't know. I, I really just think about my time and then for materials, like I said, I guess just based on the price of the wood. You said in the beginning that you, you're sort of an introvert, but career rise and, and everything and, and people look at you and they think that you're, you're such a, an extrovert and everything like that. Talking with clients about pricing is a very stressful thing and something that, you know, like, like you said, you're like, oh, this is $300. And somebody's like, no, 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 it's not. It, it should be more. In your mind, and, and this is something that a lot of furniture makers starting out in the middle of their career, even further down the line, they struggle with giving pricing to people because yes. they think, I can build this myself. Sure. Somebody else should probably be able to build this themselves. And why would they spend all this money on it if they could just build it themselves? Like, I'm going to do it. Why don't they do it? So how do That's you... That's a good way of looking at it. How do you deal with talking to clients about pricing, especially since you're saying you're not doing the super high-end work, you're building stuff that, that people need day to day. How, how do you go about talking to clients like that and, sure. and, appro and approaching the pricing? That's a good question because I think because my clientele, if you will, isn't necessarily that of someone who's got the money to buy a four thousand six hundred or six thousand dollar bookshelf off of me or something like that you know um their their budgets i always, i have to ask them first what's your budget you know I, I i don't have to ask necessarily when i know i'm making something on the higher end i'll say hey yeah that's fourteen hundred dollars or like i've never sold anything that was probably more than six grand so i don't know what that's like even but i know what it's like to talk to a mom who really wants a cool bed for her kid and I, I say, what's your, what's your budget? And like, they'll say a thousand dollars. And I'll say, oh, I don't know if I can do that for you. It's a hard conversation to have. But at the end of the day, a lot of people don't realize what it costs to make things. And they're so used to the, to the cheap Amazon, Wayfair, Target, Walmart world that they don't realize that these, you know, what we're doing is a lot different than, you know, what you could buy online. So some people just need a little bit of education. Talking about pricing for for your furniture, like you said, you haven't really sold anything over $6,000, which for some people who have furniture companies, that's their their starting point. When you're, sure. when, when you're figuring out... Uh, and again, and I and I want to I want to preface this with you do this professionally, and you are making a living, and this is your full time job. So this is working for you. How do you, how do you figure out how much work, time, effort, and materials are going to go into a smaller job or, or a less expensive job that you mm -hmm. can still make money off of? Sure. So uh, a lot of the stuff I've been doing lately, it is, I've done a few gates for fences in the last month. And I know that's not necessarily furniture, but 
still a functional piece, if you will, and it can it can be quite artistic if you put a lot of time into it. But I know how much the wood costs with that. Let's just say I know it's going to be about three hundred dollars for the wood, which isn't much. It's just long plank inch thick cedar, and you know I know what the hinges are going to cost and everything else. Now what I'll do is think of my day rate. So I have my day rate, and I know it's going to take me two days plus my shop fee, plus materials. And then I'm just like, like I said, I'm an honest Joe. Like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, that gate's going to be six grand because I want to drive a freaking brand new F-150. Like, I don't, I'm not trying to like financially rip people off necessarily because I want, I'm greedy and I want to just make a bunch of money off of people. I know, <laughs> I know that sounds bad. I'm not saying that other people do that, but I am so it, it would sit in, in my heart heavily if I overcharge someone a ridiculous amount for something like that. So like if I do it like one small gate, let's say it's six foot tall by four feet wide and it's made out of cedar and it takes me two days to build, I'll charge 1500 bucks for that. I can sleep at night with that. And some people might say, oh girl, that's way too low. You got to go higher than that. But at the end of the day, I'm busy and I, lots of people are hiring me for that. And if I'm making one, you know, every two days or something, then I feel like that's, that's fair. <laughs> Maybe I'm lowballing myself, but, but I don't know. I just feel well, good about it. Well, it, it, it goes, it goes sort of to the question of your, it, it goes back to what we were talking about, where sort of your worth as a designer and a builder and somebody who you can who can make that stuff do you feel like as you continue down this path that you want to start charging more on your name like that i do i feel like i i know that i i could charge more <laughs> and so what's i guess what's holding what's holding you back if if we're if we're going a, a, a behind the music vh1 story here why <laughs> why 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 what's gonna have you hit that next plateau where you can feel uh, comfortable charging more you know what i feel like there's several things with that so number one it's been really hard as a girl to do this job to be in furniture it, and to be in construction and all that people just do not take me seriously they don't think i do good work and I think I've had that beaten into my head so hard that I feel like I need to kind of prove myself and like, you know, maybe I don't, maybe I don't have the confidence that I should have. Um, also too, there's a lot of people out there in my neighborhood who will do exactly what I'm doing and just do it for pennies. And um, there's a lot of competition like that out there. Um, it's there. So you have to kind of be, you know, competitive with your pricing. Um, because of those folks out there that are ready to do it for, you know, half of what you're charging. And then also too, I need to kind of just, you know, maybe test the waters and just say, Hey, this is what I'd love to make from this prod from this piece. Like I built a sandbox for my friend who has a kid, like a simple sandbox. You pull, you pull it up and it opens up to like a little seat. It was a cool little project. I also built him a dog bed, but they were, because they were like easy for me. I could build it in one day. It was easy for me. I, I didn't charge him much for it. And he kept buying from me and buying for me and buying for me. And I know this guy has money. I could totally have charged him twice as much as that. But maybe I just feel like I have to prove myself a little bit more first. I don't know. 
help me, Ethan. I need your help. <laughs> that's that's not that's not what I want to hear on, on a podcast about about building about building a furniture brand. But you know, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's that that's the great thing about this show and, and talking with with furniture makers all all over the world who are doing yeah it differently and yeah the 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 proof you know the proof is that you are th this is not a side hustle this is not a, this is not something that you're doing part time this is something that you are doing sure. full time you are making a living a good living and it's working for you and this is your business plan this is how i i like to show people that there is not one right way to have a furniture company the only right way yeah. to have a furniture company is the right way for you yes there's there's ideas yeah. that 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 people can share and, and talk about and and anyone can fine-tune their business plan but if it's working for you now mm -hmm. and it's working for you now and you're just as much of a yeah. furniture company as anyone else. You know, I think we're all also starting from different points in our in our path, you know, in our career. So, you know, some of us are still kind of maybe where I'm at. And some of us might be even beginner before me and they don't know what to do. So I think it's important to tell the stories of every person along the way because you know, maybe someone will listen to this and reach out to me and say, hey, I've got a great tip for you. Or maybe someone will re reach out to me and say, hey, I'm kind of where you are. You know, and that's that's always really uplifting to me, too, is to to meet people and say, hey, you know what? It's cool. I see where you're at and I support you and, you know, you're going to make it. You're an inspiring person on TV, in real life, on audio only <laughs> interviews like this one. <laughs> What is something that you could share with people listening who want to make that jump? Because it doesn't matter at what point you are, you still made that jump to start your own company, to do your own thing and to do something that you love doing. What would you tell people listening if they want to if they want to do this for a profession? Sure. Um, well, at the end of the day, you need to make sure that you're you're covering your basic necessities at home. You know, you know, you don't want to jump into anything. And um, I mean, if you've got some savings and you can jump into it and, and kind of get your feet wet first, because you kind of have to start paddling before, you know, doggy paddle before you can swim. And for a lot of people, that's hard because you need to consistently work. Um, you know, they don't maybe they don't want to quit their day job that provides them a great insurance plan from work that's really hard to walk away from i walked away from a beautiful retirement plan and insurance and everything else to 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 do this you know and now i pay for all that stuff but you know that's part of the you know you have to be ready to let that kind of stuff go let go of the security and the comfort of potentially like a corporate job and realize that you're, you're carrying it all now on yourself if you're ready to like take that leap and really be brave and be able to provide for yourself 110 percent then go for it because you'll figure it out we're all you know we're all gonna figure it out don't be lazy and just keep pushing and 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 doing it that's about it <laughs> it's the truth you you have to push and 
yeah everybody's starting from different places and everybody's ending up in different places and it's the it's the journey and the path that you take along the way that that really matters and that's different for each and every person well thank you so much totally. for for sitting down with me i really really appreciate it i really appreciate you sharing your your knowledge and and your journey with everyone and um thank, thank you very much for your time yes thanks ethan it was fun Thanks so much for listening to Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you like to listen. To learn more about the show, you can visit buildingafurniturebrand.com. And feel free to reach out anytime to say hey, ask a question, or suggest a guest for future episodes. Our email is hello at buildingafurniturebrand.com. You can follow along with me on Instagram at thebuildwithethan, and I can't wait to bring you the next episode. This show is produced and edited by me, Ethan Abramson. Hope you enjoyed, and thanks so much for listening. The Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson podcast is proudly part of the Woodpreneur Network, the media network and community for wood entrepreneurs. Check out woodpreneurlife.com for more information.